Greetings, guys and gals, and welcome to the Films and Pixels Podcast, Episode 4. I'm your host, Afif, and today we have plenty of jam-packed topics. I'll be talking about what is Star Wars 1313, unreleased footage and images of an old Star Wars game that got cancelled, plus Neil Young versus Joe Rogan. How and why? I will explain that further. Why Ken Kudaragi is not a fan of the metaverse, plus news on a potential Halo TV series, and why Ridley Scott turned down directing Disney movies. Now before I go further on that topic, I do want to say that I did intend on talking about it in episode 3, but because of a recording error, somehow it didn't make it into the final footage, into the final edit of episode 3, so hopefully this time I'll make sure it goes through. Now, today's topic, I want to talk about Ridley Scott, who did speak to Hollywood Reporter recently, you know, when they did a profile featuring him. At 84 years old, there are a lot of films he has directed to his credits, like Thelma Louise, Alien, Blade Runner, Black Hawk Dawn, Gladiator, recently House of Gucci, just to name a few, including The Martian as one of his well-known movies. Now, currently, he's in France in development of another movie called Kitbag, based on the story of Napoleon, so we're going to see how that will go. At age 84, he's admitted to still being very much healthy and productive as ever. Now, when you look to his credits, some of his well-known movies have been distributed by 20th Century Fox. So, when the whole Fox-Disney merger happened, the whole relationship hasn't gone on to a smooth start. Now, he did explain what happened and why he didn't want to direct any movies that Disney requested of him to make. He did say, They wanted me to do a wizard film, and I don't do wizard movies. He says, It was a bad idea. The older I get, the more I look for things which are about something, aren't just entertainment, and must have an effect on somebody. They wanted me to do a wizard film, and I don't do wizard films. It wasn't a good idea. So his, um, you know, his relationship with Disney has seen some mixed results, some, or excuse me, like, off to a mixed start, you know, in a way. Sorry if I'm not making sense there. However, he did say that Disney has been making an effort to market and promote The Last Duel, which starred Ben Affleck, Jodie Comer, Adam Driver, and another of his collaborators, Matt Damon, in the movie. Now, despite uh, all the effort, uh, the recent movie did make $30.6 million on a budget of $100 million. So it didn't exactly help things. However, House of Gucci did have the opposite result. Now... The movie did make $126.7 million worldwide on a budget of $75 million. So, I mean, I would say that's pretty good. Uh, I should also note that, um, you know, part of his quotes, you know, when he spoke to Mark Moran on a podcast called WTF uh, Ridley, uh, you know, he said, uh, Dizzy did a fantastic promotion job. What it boils down to is what we're what we've got today are the audiences who are brought up on these fucking cell phones. The millennials do not ever want to be taught anything unless 
you are told it on the cell phone. No one can no one can be entirely uh, when recent movies like you know no one can be blamed. Or what I'm trying to say is that like no one can really be blamed when movies like West Side Story and The Matrix uh, Resurrections have struggled to bank plenty of box office money due to the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Although, when it comes to Sony and Marvel's Spider-Man No Way Home, I mean, so far they've made $1.6 billion and it's like, you know, fifth highest grossing movie of all time right now. And it has taken a lot of attention from the other films that well-acclaimed movie directors have made an effort to work on. So that does have an effect. He is concerned that because of the dominating uh, box office effect of comic book movies that Scott believes we're losing cinema entirely. Although at the moment, he is working on another filmmaking project. He is uh, co-producing along with Kenneth Branagh on, with, for a Disney movie, Death on the Nile. Although when it came to the merger, he, he was concerned. He, and he isn't the only one. I mean, James Mangold who some people may know from The Wolverine and Logan, which is one of the very best non-MCU Marvel movies ever made, did express concern on the whole thing. On the other hand, it was James Gunn, as some know for the DC's The Suicide Squad and The Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 and 2, did did actually express optimism and was incredibly happy about the whole merger. So, I mean, like, first of all, regarding Scott... It's a good thing he still makes serious movies. If he doesn't want to do a Disney movie, you know, good for him. That kind of brand, that kind of image, it's not for anyone. But that doesn't mean, and like, Scott doesn't make, like, good films or make entertaining movies. Entertaining movies, he's done plenty of. It's just a bit more action, serious heavy, I suppose. Like, you know, it's not just the Gladiator. Like, um, I admit that some movies that he's made, I don't have on top of my head, but, like, you know, a lot of them are serious classics. So, I mean, look, it's his right at the end of the day. And, you know, he should be applauded for standing firm. If he doesn't want to make a, a silly wizard movie based on King Arthur, good for him. Okay, guys and gals, when it comes to Star Wars and video games, they seem to merge... Or somewhat succeed in different genres, whether it's open world, RPG, even at some point racing. Now we saw how so many people very much well received Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, while there were mixed feelings on the recent Battlefront 1 and 2. So why am I mentioning this? Because news has broken that there's going to be three new Star Wars games in development, but that's not all. Now what's kind of interesting that all of a sudden, a prototype footage of what could have been a potential Star Wars game, simply called Star Wars 1313, uh, was leaked on YouTube uh, very recently on a channel called The Fault. Now, it was footage that shows what looks like a young Boba Fett or something. Like, you you know, Boba Fett would have been a playable character, of course, with third-person cover shooting, similar to what has been known and seen in the Uncharted gaming series. And what's interesting as well is that Amy Henning, who has known to write the Uncharted series for Naughty Dog, 
was supposedly going to be like one of the series um, or at least the game's uh, creative director. Now, this isn't exactly new. Announcement for this uh, Star Wars 1313 was announced all the way back in E3, E3 2012. So what happened? Well, it, seem, it seems that all pre-existing Star Wars gaming development was put on hold or ceased. And then since then, the Star Wars gaming license has been passed on to EA Games. So it seems like that's not going to happen anytime soon. Although there was a time when uh, Lucasfilm's president, Kathleen Kennedy, did say in 2015 that the project could still be in development. But then again, by now that it's 2022, it's not going to happen. Although currently, right now, when it comes to Star Wars games, there are at least two major announcements that are in development. One is uh, Star Wars Eclipse, which is supposedly like a interactive drama type game that you, you know, it's like you pick and choose scenarios on certain moments. If you know Heavy Rain, Detroit Become Human, uh, Beyond Two Souls, you might know what I'm talking about. Plus, uh, you know, the recent announcement in early September of the Knights of the Old Republic remake uh, that's coming to PlayStation 5. I'm assuming sometime in the future on Xbox Series X S as well. So, I mean, I don't think that's going to be a series exclusive. But who knows what would have happened with this, you know, Star Wars 1313. It seems like the world of that game, you know, it was supposed to be like uh, at least storyline set between prequel trilogy and the original trilogy so that's what should you know almost happened um you know it's not the first time there was footage of a canceled star wars game there was supposedly like something of a star wars battlefront 3 at least like the old era era not the rebooted uh, ea games battlefront 1 and 2 so that's kind of new but i mean like you know now that I think that like it's kind of interesting timing that there's footage like this when looking at now that there's the book of Boba Fett Disney Plus streaming show ongoing. So maybe it was on purpose to purpose to add more excitement and hype regarding the whole Boba Fett fanfare going on. Again, I'm not sure what it's meant for, but I mean, at least it's good to know that there's more evidence of what could have been a possible Boba Fett video game. Guys and gals, Neil Young wanted his music off of Spotify. Now why would he want that? Well, I will try to explain what happened is that Neil Young actually recently requested Spotify to remove all of his music and they fulfilled his request. Now, he did write in an open letter, which was recently deleted some time ago. He said, I want you to let Spotify know immediately today that I want all of my music off their platform. They can have Joe Rogan or Young, not both. I'm doing this because Spotify is spreading fake information about vaccines, potentially causing death to those who believe the disinformation being spread by them. Please act on this immediately today and keep me informed of the time schedule. Okay, so what this is about is that, like many people, Neil Young is not exactly happy about Joe Rogan and his um, anti-COVID-19 vaccination status. And 
and all that sort of controversy that's seemingly going around right now. Because ever since episode uh, 1757, Joe Rogan has been accused of spreading multiple false information on the whole COVID-19, you know, vax and all that. So um, what I'm trying to say is uh, in Rogan's stance, he's been discouraging young people and children from getting vaccinated. But at least to him, it's fine with adults. So kids getting vaccinated, no. Adults, yes. Now he's claiming that um, you're claiming mRNA vaccines are gene therapy, uh, promoting promoted off-label use of ivermectin to treat COVID-19, and spreading uh, several unsubstantiated conspiracy theories. So, why? I mean, like, whatever. I don't totally get it, you know. But um, you know, on that same episode, he did host. Dr. Robert Malone as his guest. Now, statements from Dr. Malone as well got his own Twitter account suspended because, you know, he, um, you know, he was promoting numerous baseless claims like several falsehoods on COVID-19 vaccines and unfounded theory of societal leaders have hypnotized uh, the public and all that and like, and they've been discredited. I mean, what's even worse is that he's compared to the whole covid policies to the holocaust which are not similar don't make sense you know those kinds of statements are dangerous and like illogical completely illogical and you know neil young isn't exactly the only one not happy with spotify at the moment i mean there was an open letter signed a petition by 1000 scientists and medical professionals you know, not exactly happy with, uh, you know, wanting Spotify to implement misinformation policy in response to Rogan and the false propaganda and also harmful to society and all that. And look, you know, I think they had a tough decision, but, you know, it's not going to be a, a more likable or popular one. It's either supporting Neil Young who's a rock and roll legend whose career has spanned to this day from the 1960s or a podcaster, a famous podcaster who has 11 million listeners per episode, which makes it like the world's largest and one of the more popular podcasts on Spotify. Uh, Because like Spotify streaming service, when they brought the Joe Rogan podcast to its platform, it did cost them $100 million. So... Like, of course, like when you make a a more expensive acquisition and agree, you know, to have that as part of your audio platform, you know, you're going to make tough decisions. You know, a spokesperson did have this to say. We want all the world's music and audio content to be available to Spotify users. With that comes great responsibility and balancing both, both safety for listeners and freedom for creators. We regret Neil's decision to remove his music from Spotify, but hope to welcome him back soon. Now, Spotify has removed like 20,000 COVID-related podcast episodes since the pandemic. Although, and Neil Young also said like in a follow-up letter that while Spotify has represented 60% of his streaming revenue globally, amounting to a huge loss for his record company to absorb, he wanted his music removed because he could not continue to support 
Spotify's life-threatening misinformation to the music-loving public. And look, you know what? I credit him. I applaud Neil Young. I mean, look, he only just wants to stand for what's right, and he has his own principles. I get it. He doesn't want to be partnered or have his content, you know, be shared in a brand that at least at the moment looks like they're willing to tolerate any sort of dangerous COVID-19 anti-vaccination false propaganda and look i get it it's it is dangerous to support those kinds of illogical claims but i mean i think eventually you know both parties will come to an agreement cooler heads you know have a partnership again but i mean look i'm look i get it like you know you know he you know he stands firm on what he wants and what he believes in and look he is right it's kind of dangerous to say things like gene therapy or changing your DNA code or whatever. It's just, it doesn't make sense. It's not right. And you know what? More people should follow his example. I mean, right now, like if there's anyone that's, that's being a good role model, it's definitely Neil Young. Guys and gals, there are those who are excited about the metaverse. And then there are those who are not excited about the metaverse. And you want to know who's not exactly all in on the whole metaverse thing that's going on? Ken Kutaragi. The same Ken Kutaragi who is still known as the father of PlayStation. Now, why isn't he exactly all in and not really like excited on the whole metaverse thing concept that's going on from Meta Platforms Inc.? He, He did have this to say. Being in the real world is very different. But the metaverse is about making quasi-real in the virtual world, and I can't see the point of doing it. You would rather be a a polished avatar instead of your real-life self? That's essentially no different from anonymous message board sites. Headsets would isolate you from the real world, and I can't agree with that. Headsets are simply annoying. Now, the quotes that I have, you know, he did speak to Bloomberg and, um, you know, he was explaining to Bloomberg like on a project on a company that he has. So going from uh, Sony's gaming division in PlayStation to now being CEO of an artificial intelligence startup company known as Ascent Robotics, which they're trying to do the opposite of um, meta platforms you know, previously known as Facebook, for those that are not aware or are a little confused. Now, Ascent are just, you know, working on technology that turns real world, real world objects into machine readable data. Now, I admit I don't fully understand, but I'll try to say further. The idea is to create smarter, more versatile robots that will be able to perform various tasks and produce more than one kind of product. Okay. Now, Ascent's gear is aimed at retail logistics customers freeing up human labor from simple tasks. Is it me or is this whole Ascent Robotics trying to make humans uh, lazy and fat? I mean, now that I think about it, this kind of reminds me of WALL-E, the Disney Pixar movie from, I think, 2008 or 2009. When there was that scene where WALL-E sees like a plant there's this white robot called Eve. And then I think it's like somewhere in the third act, there's like 
all these fat, lazy humans. Like that scene, like, you know, it's still in my head because I always worry that, you know, we're heading into that direction where we let, we let robotic technology, you know, basically re- replace all our mental, mental and physical capabilities. It's kind of scary. You know, the company did finish, Ascent Robotics finished a roundup funding that they actually got from Sony since, you know, Kuroragi and Sony seems to have a relationship funding of 1 billion yen, which is the equivalent of $8.7 million. Now, the um, the technology that Ascent is developing is for, for its robotic systems. You know, they're, it'll help transform, real, like I said, real world objects into readable data you know, creating smarter, more versatile robots, you know, um, producing more tasks. So that that's just kind of, it's almost like robot maids, robot slaves. I don't know. Like, seriously, I don't know what it is sounds like to me. It's just kind of strange. Like, I mean, you know, good for them. I'm sure there's more than that. Like, you know, a lot of the information I found, like it's on a Bloomberg, Bloomberg story, but I mean, like, what it means to turn objects into readable data maybe maybe like i don't know you you look at a pen and it brings up information about manufacture color ink you know length i that's what it just i'm assuming i don't know for for a fact but i just have to assume that all kind of objects will turn into sort of computerized data that are stored in some sort of database that's just the best I'm assuming. That's what I'm understanding. All right, guys and gals, for the final topic of the day, there's actually a new announcement of a possible, or actually now reality, sorry, of an upcoming Halo TV series. Yeah, that's right. The same Halo based on Microsoft's first-person shooting video game series that's been popular on Xbox and now on Windows. Now here's the thing. First, it's gonna gonna there's gonna be a trailer that's gonna be coming out January 30 during the halftime of the NFL's of NFL's a- AFC Championship game on Sunday, January 30 during halftime. Now, as terms of uh, platform streaming service, is gonna be coming out on Paramount Plus Original. So, I mean, that's what I do have. Although another thing, there's uh, an official poster. Now on Twitter, there's an image of uh, Master Chief on the left looking at the camera. And, you know, the you know his classic look, the armor, glass, uh, eye shield. I mean, I mean, it looks amazing. Just as accurate as possible of the actual Master Chief character. I mean, he looks amazing. And the timing is great, too, in my opinion. I mean, with everyone now celebrating and really having a lot of fun, clearly of Halo Infinite, which has gone a lot of critical acclaim, one of the better games. You know, if there's anything that's new is that it's more of an open world Halo game and on linear like before, and new gameplay mechanics, like something called a hook shot, you know, that makes it easier to traverse. So again, I really can't say on a personal experience, but I mean, clearly there's a lot of satisfaction. And what's also obvious is that when it was delayed, from 2020 until December 8, 2021, it clearly showed that the time was worth it while releasing, like, I think a month after Forza Horizon 5. So, in terms of plot, it's going to be based on the 20th, 26th century uh, 
timeline uh, on a war between humanity and the alien race known as the Covenant. Now, in terms of cast members, which is the important news piece of this information, the Master Chief will be you know, starred by uh, Pablo Schreiber, who will be acting as Master Chief. In terms of casting, there's going to be Natasha McElhon, who will play Dr. Catherine Halsey. Um, I, I don't know much about this character, but she is like supposedly like the main engineer behind the whole Spartan soldiers, kind of like you know one of the doctors and one of the engineers responsible for the creation of Master Chief and other elite soldiers and the Spartan army and all that. Jen Taylor will play the AI Cortana. Now, most people already know Cortana as part of the Windows 10 software, but it's actually like one of the more well-known uh, Halo characters as an AI companion and really like one that actually has character personality. Now, there are other casting announcements, but I don't really know these characters well. Yurin Ha as uh, Wan Ha. Kawanha, sorry. Charlie Murphy as uh, Maki. Shab- Shabana Azmi as Admiral Margaret Perangoski and uh, Bokim Woodbine. Um, I, I don't think there was an announcement unless I somehow minced, missed uh, the character name. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, that's um, that's mostly the casting announcement that I've got. But, yeah, I mean, as for... Um, you know, release date when it starts streaming. It's not entirely clear when, but it's good to know that there's going to be a trailer. So, I mean, look forward to the happening. Of course, it's going to be on YouTube around that day. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to look forward to for Halo fans right now, other than just still soaking in the excitement of Halo Infinite, whether it's on Xbox Series, Xbox One, Windows 10, I mean, there's still a lot to be excited in terms of Halo content. I think at some point long ago, um, it, there was supposed to be something Halo-related show on um, on the program. I don't know if it's still, if it turned to a streaming platform as well on, on Showtime. And Steven Spielberg would have been executive producer. But at least it's good to know now that there's going to be something like Halo related and, you know, there seems to be more of a proper plan moving forward. So at least it's good to know that things are going the right direction. All right, guys and gals, and that wraps it up for today's episode of the Films and Pixels podcast, episode four. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode, however you're watching it, whatever device. Thank you so much for taking your time. If you liked tonight's episode, you know, again, please just comment and subscribe. Um, You know, uh, contribute to the Patreon page. Follow and like all the social media pages that I'll make sure to put in the description section below. Um, And yeah, really, again, thank you so much. You know, if you want more content, please stay tuned. There's also more of it on the audio streaming platforms such as Google Podcast, Anhami, Spotify, Stitcher, and so forth. You know, it's available in plenty of platforms. So again, thank you so much for the time that you took to watch me talk about different stuff. And again, 
It means a lot, so thank you so much. 